When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everyone. It's another episode of Around the Heights. I'm Bill Spaulding. On today's show, we'll hear from BC women's hockey head coach Katie Crowley after leading her team back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Eagles had a great run this season, finished 14-6 and and played in the NCAA women's tournament bubble that was uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania and wrapped up last week. Before that, let's take a look around the Heights and let's talk BC men's hockey. Eagles are in the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. They're in the Albany region where they're the top seed. They'll take on fourth seed in Notre Dame, start things off Saturday at 1 p.m. There is a potential battle for Comav looming in the quarterfinals. If BC and BU both win their opening games, they would meet in the NCAA quarterfinals. BC baseball pulled off its second eight-run comeback of the season this week, coming from 8 nothing down to beat Merrimack 10-9 on Wednesday. Eagles also took one of three from North Carolina last weekend and host Clemson this weekend for three, starting Friday at 4 p.m. on ACC Network. BC softball dives back into ACC play this week after a three and four non-conference stretch. Eagles and Florida State tangle for four games at Brighton, starting at 3 p.m. Friday on ACC Network Extra. Meanwhile, BC fencing heads to the NCAA championship this weekend. A record 11 Eagles qualified for the NCAA meet, and you can catch coverage throughout the weekend on the Watch ESPN app. BC field hockey continues its strong spring season. Eagles have won three straight and four of five this spring after taking down Northeastern 7-3 during the week. Eagles have a tough one this weekend. They take on number two Louisville Saturday, 1 p.m. in Newton. 
Men's golf finished sixth at the East Carolina Invitational on Tuesday. BC was led by Jordan Warnock, who finished eighth overall at two over par in the 54-hole event. BC women's lacrosse moved to 5-1 and one on the year with a 19-7 win over Hofstra. Charlotte North scored six more goals. She's up to 30 goals through six games this year to lead the Eagles. BC hosts Louisville for two this weekend, Friday and Sunday. Friday's game starts at 7 on ACC Network Extra. BC men's soccer was led by two goals from Mike Susky en route to a 4-0 victory over Louisville, the Eagles' first win of the spring season against a good Louisville squad. And they'll take on Clemson at 1 p.m. this Saturday. BC men's swimming wrapped up its season at the ACC Championships over the weekend. Eagles were led by Sam Roach, who set three school records, one in 50 back, one in the 100 back, and one as part of the 400-meter relay. Men's tennis looks for two wins this weekend out of conference. They host Merrimack on Saturday before traveling to Siena on Sunday. Meanwhile, women's tennis sits at two and five in ACC play after falling two to five to both NC State and Wake Forest on the road over the weekend. Well, indoor track and cross country may have just ended, but outdoor track less than a week later already underway. BC men's and women's track opened up the outdoor season at the Yellow Jacket Invitational at Georgia Tech. Eagle men were led by Sean Sullivan, strong third place finish in the 1500. Eagle women were led by second place finishes in the 800 from Marnie Sullivan, the 1500 from Anna Oser, and the steeplechase from Kylie Raftis. And finally, BC Volleyball readies for two at home. The Eagles will take on Miami on Friday and Virginia Tech on Sunday. That's what's going on around the Heights when we come back. We'll hear from BC head coach Katie Crowley about the women's hockey team's great run to the NCAA tournament. BC women's coach Katie Crowley with us. Eagles coming off a trip to the NCAAs. Went out to Erie for the NCAA bubble and uh, finished their season at 14-6 overall. First coach, uh, congratulations. Uh, you, you've had about six days or so now to kind of look back and reflect on the season or basically a week here. Uh, as it started to settle in, how are you going to remember and, and look back at this year? Yeah, um, you know, Obviously, I'm so proud of our team. I mean, the things that that uh, these players had to go through and, um, you know, this was a t difficult year for everybody. And, and uh, you know, they certainly had their challenges and, and um, really attacked them full on. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm just really proud that we were able to get back to the to NCAA championship and um, and and, uh, you know, be able to play as many games as we did. I mean, I, I you know, I think we had one week off there in, in the season and that was it. And I'm um, really proud of everything that our team did this year and, and uh, how, how hard they worked to stay safe and, and ready to go. Yeah. I know during this season, you obviously at least publicly didn't want to have to harp on it too much, like everything that went into a COVID season and uh, you know, you didn't want to build an excuse there for your team, but, but now that the year is over, like, how much did your players have to sacrifice uh, compared to the average college student to make sure that they were coming back negative and staying healthy and able to continue to play to build a resume like you did to, to get to the tournament? Yeah, um, I mean, I would say quite a bit. Um, and it certainly was was challenging across the board for college students. But, um, you know, not only are you worried about when you go back to your dorm room, you're worried about when you go into the locker room, you're worried about at every moment, you know, that you're that you're walking around outside of your little uh, bubble. And and so um, it, it certainly, you know, it wasn't like years past where you could go to dinner somewhere or you could, you know, meet up with someone else uh, uh, not on your team. You kind of wanted to stay within your team and stay 
um, you know, kind of not have as many friends as you normally have. So it just, uh, I think, I think obviously it was, it was challenging in, in so many aspects and um, not being able to get to get, like be with each other all the time was hard too. Um, you know, you were restricted outside of when you're playing hockey to, to how many people you can be around. And, and so that certainly uh, can be challenging and, and uh, you know, but like I said, I thought our, our players did a, a wonderful job of, of staying safe and doing the best they could to, to keep, uh, you know, to keep, keep playing. As much as that was a challenge, you know, try having to like limit interactions, things like that. At mm -hmm. the same time, when your players and your staff were basically trying to avoid seeing everybody, but the team that you'd see at practice it, in, in some ways, was that also like almost a, a positive for team chemistry as well? Because at the end of the day, that was like the one outlet for everybody to kind of have that time where, Hey, at least on the ice, you don't have to spend these two or three hours thinking about everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You could you definitely use it for that. Um, I, I think the bigger thing was like when you wanted to, you couldn't really get together off ice and do like yeah. building off ice team building stuff. Right. Cause you only had so much you, you could zoom, but you know, they were so sick of zooming <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> who wants to zoom more, you know, at that point. Um, so that part was, was difficult, but you're right on the ice um, was, was uh, I think when they all just really appreciated being able to be together and, and, um, and work together and, and see each other and, and kind of all be in the same spot. So you're, you know, definitely right with that. Let's talk the season and and to me it seems like the big swing point in the season for for your group was that second northeastern game right before uh winter breaks you'd started the year four and three um northeastern obviously ends up being the national runner-up but at the time they were already picked to be one of the best teams in the country how big do you think having that picking up that win there heading into winter break was because then you came out from winter break and won eight eight more games in a row after that yeah, I think it was huge. Um, that was a huge, really big weekend for us, especially after rebounding, after them beating us here. Um, you know, and I, I, I think, uh, you know, we played great in, in that game. Um, and, and I think that helped us understand. And I think we had a few players out, if I remember correctly, in that game. And uh, so I, I think it really helped us rebound and, and realize that, you know, it's, it's okay. If things happen, we still need to work together as a team and, and, and can work, uh, you know, to, to winning hockey games and, and being a good team. And, and that game really showcased that. I thought we played tremendous in that game. Um, and, and, you know, that was one of those that you could see, we dug down and really wanted to win that one. And I think after we lost the first one to Northeastern, they were like, okay, wait a minute, that's not how we want this to go, you know, and, and really started playing, uh, I'd say really well after that. And, you know, even during that nine game win streak, I, I got to see a, a bunch of, of your games this year. And, you know, I felt like the characteristic of this team or like, if you had to say like one trademark of this group was that even in games where, you know, there was adversity, um, just seemed to always find a way to win. Even sometimes games where for a long time, it didn't necessarily look like uh, they were going to be games that, that you won, but you found ways to score late goals or win close games. Even that nine game win streak, seven of the nine wins were by uh, two goals or less. What was it about this team that they just kind of found, found ways to get it done, found ways to win. Right. Well, I think when you, um, you know, 
through those nine games, I don't know that we ever had the same team twice, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, just with contact tracing and, and things like that. So um, I think that part was such a challenge for every single one, one to, you know, 25 um, on our team. And that I think, um, I think it, it helped everyone understand that they needed to do their part to help our team win. And, and even if you weren't in one game, the next game, maybe you were in and you need to do your part to, to help the team win. And, um, you know, I think it made us a little bit deeper, um, you know, uh, although like, you know, there were moments where it was the same, you know, some, some of the same kids got contact traced two or three times. So they're still, you know, you, you had such a range of what, like some people never got contact traced. Some people could play every game. Some people couldn't for whatever the reason. And so that was certainly challenging. And, and, and I know for our players, you know, it was great to see them step up when we needed someone to step up. And I thought that that really happened, especially through those nine games, but through the whole season that happened um, where, you know, it, like I said, I don't know that we, I'd have to look back and through those first four games, maybe we had the same uh, lineup, but after that, I don't know that we ever had the same lineup again uh, through the rest of the season. So um, it was, it was certainly uh, an interesting one in that respect, but I love that they could persevere through all that. And like you said, deal with the adversity and, and move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, I doing a lot of games, like, like you said, I, I think every week it was a mystery who was going to be on the line chart when we'd show up and get the game. So definitely can, can vouch for what you said there about the lines, uh, having to change week to week and, and being adaptable. Um, you know, the, the, the one group that ended up playing together a lot down the stretch and, and really having a lot of success, uh, it started with, with Savannah Norcross and, and Kelly Brown, who uh, ended up leading the way on offense. And for Savannah Norcross, a particularly big like boost in her production this season. How did you kind of see her growth throughout the year becoming a more and more confident top end player at this level? Yeah, I thought Savannah was great this year. Um, she she really um, came into her own, was really confident coming into the season, um, did a great job staying healthy. Uh, she, she battled a few injuries uh, at the end of last year. And uh, I, I was really happy. I mean, offensively, she was a, a different kind of player for us this year. And, and on a team that, you know, his in the last few years, haven't scored an, enough goals now, uh, you know, that was really nice to see her um, explode on the, on the scene offensively. And, um, and her and Kelly Brown really worked well together. Uh, it was really fun to see those two. I mean, I think those two were pretty consistent all year uh, in terms of playing together. And I, I thought it showed as they kept going through the year and they've known each other for a long time. They played together when they were younger too. So, um, but it was, it was great to see Savannah, you know, have that, ex, you know, it, you know, explode on the scene kind of year and, and, uh, and, and, you know, put some huge goals in for us when we needed them. Uh, that was really nice. And, and, you know, back between the net, uh, between the pipes, you, you had like a, a problem that every coach wants to have. You had three really good goalies that could all play well and, and capably for you. So there was a big rotation early in the year. Eventually, by the time you got late in the season, um, Abigail Levy kind of won that job. Um, how did you see her, you know, separate herself, win that job? And, and how important was she, do you think, to the run that, that you made uh, down the stretch in the season? Yeah, I thought she um, really started playing well. It was, it was like you said, challenging. All three played um, and all three played well. So it was great to see them push each other to be better um, and, and, and to compete um, 
in in that role and I thought they all they all did really well um you know with <laughs> with like sometimes people were out sometimes yeah. people were in and you you know sometimes it was tough to even get a, a consistent you know let let one or two, you know, we'll let one take a couple games, let yeah. the other, you couldn't even really do that. You had yeah. to kind of talk it a little bit. And yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I thought Abby really had, um, you know, the game against Northeastern, I thought she played really, really well um, when we beat them. And that really, um, you know, showed that she could play against a, a strong team uh, and, and do really well. And I, I thought our team really responded in front of her and, and played really well. And, and, you know, when she was able to after that, I thought she she did an, another, you know, really good job when she went, went back in. So she, uh, you know, like I said, all three of those goalies that were able to play this year, they, they battled and, and competed really, really well. Um, and they were all really good teammates and, and, you know, in a tough year and a tough situation. And I, I thought they really handled it well and, um, were supportive of each other, uh, were helping each other out and, and did a great job. And Abby, you know, ended up playing those, those final couple of games and, and she did a great job there for us as well. Um, you know, this year, because of the, the oddity that was this season and not having non-conference games and things, uh, you got the experience that most other NCAA teams have to go through, which is uh, sweating it out through a selection show to see whether or not uh, you were going to be in, in an NCAA tournament. Um, what, what was that, like the buildup to that like and having to experience that? And then, you know, how much do you think it validated everything that your group put into this year on and off the ice to to get one of those spots in, in the tournament. Yeah, it was uh, like that situation. <laughs> like waiting was was difficult. Um, but they, you know, I, I think, you know, we were happy with the way our season went and, and with, whoops, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, with the way our season went and, and how um, we, you know, the, the, the full year that we put together, we were really happy with that, but you never know when you go into a, a, a selection like this, where there's no numbers to, to guide anything. Right. So, um, I, you know, I, I think we were nervous going in. It was probably one of the most excited I've seen our teams when we, when we have, you know, when our name got announced on the, on TV and, um, it was, it was really exciting for the, for the team and, and for the players. And it was really nice to see that, energy from our team uh in that sort of in that situation and, and what was the uh tournament experience like obviously a little different this year that the quarterfinals weren't at say the top seeds or the higher seeded site mm -hmm. everyone went to erie and uh all rounds were held there uh so so again another thing that'll probably be a once in a college yeah. hockey season what, what what that kind of bubble experience and having all eight teams there was was like yeah i thought it was pretty neat i obviously uh it probably would have been even better had we been able to go to see some games or, you know, the team probably wanted to see some more other games or whatnot. But um, I thought it was, a, I thought Erie did a great job hosting us um, at, from the testing to the, you know, I, I thought everything was great. Um, and, and that's difficult when you think it's going to be four teams and all of a sudden you're throwing eight yeah, teams. Yeah. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, she that 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 it, like they did a great job of of you know supporting us giving us what we needed and i you know overall i think our team was just so excited to be there that it that they were just like let's go we yeah. want to play yeah. let's go play you know yeah. but through all the logistical stuff um 
and and uh, you know I thought that the team did a great job of of feeling comfortable when we got there and we hadn't stayed at a hotel at all yeah yeah this year so that was the first time we were actually eating hotel food and staying in a hotel and that sort of thing so uh it was fun to kind of have a trip like that um and and uh you know overall I, I thought it was a great experience um one last like oddity of this this year is the fact that this year doesn't count against anybody's eligibility so um what types of conversations or when do you have those conversations with um players who who maybe otherwise would be moving on i know you didn't have a ton of seniors on this roster in the first place only one player's uh senior day but um and how does that affect like your calculations of incoming freshmen and, and, and things like that? And how do you think it'll change college hockey next year with a lot of players maybe maybe hanging around that otherwise would have been on? Yeah, that? yeah, that's an added new dimension for everybody, right? And, and uh, you know, uh, Megan, our senior, uh, you know, already has a job for post graduation, and um, or and and if she hasn't accepted that yet, it has a couple of offers. If she's yeah. not just on that one, and and. Uh, she, you know, she did an unbelievable job for us. And, and we had the conversation fairly early on, um, just talking to her about what her thoughts were and what she wanted to do. And I, I you know, I think those are conversations that are going to be ongoing for the next couple of years now. And, and, um, and, and everybody, I think every school kind of takes it differently and looks at it differently. And um, we'll all kind of cross those bridges as we come. But, um, you know, it's, it, it definitely opens up a new can of worms for everybody to, to juggle everything. And I think you'll see some bigger rosters in the future here in the next couple of years and um, some players maybe taking deferring and not coming for a year. And then, you know, maybe coming after whatnot, lots of different things will happen. Um, You know, and even through the year, there were some players from other schools that were reaching out that they, you know, maybe they didn't, they, they, didn't want to go to that school or they couldn't go to that school or for whatever reason. Yeah. So there was lots of different things that, that have gone on for this year. And I think we'll probably see that for the next couple of years. Well, and that's honestly a really good perspective and way to think about it. Cause it's not just, it doesn't just affect the seniors. Like you only had one senior, but everybody has got another year of eligibility. So you have to start right. talking and figuring out who is going to leave when down the road, when right. you're building your lineup for the next few years. Plus, uh, <laughs> maybe a lot of folks that were seniors on other rosters that still have that year of eligibility that may think of spending that last year somewhere, somewhere else as a graduate. Right. So uh, yeah, going to be a lot of, um, a lot of crazy ripples. I, I, yeah. I assume, <laughs> um, you know, one other player I'm curious about, and again, obviously uh, there's a lot of t- some time between now and then, but obviously Kayla Barnes already been to the Olympics once. Do you expect that she'll be uh, part of the like Olympic residency program in the, in the next year as, as well, leading to 2022? Yeah, I would, I would think that obviously I think this world championships is huge for the, you know, we have uh, five players going to that camp. And uh, so it's big for all of them to, to be able to showcase what they, you know, put together this year in a camp like that is, is just awesome. So, um, you know, I, I hope all of them get, yeah. get an opportunity um, uh, to do that and to showcase their stuff. And, and obviously Kayla, is one of those that, you know, obviously being there before she's, she's, uh, she's leading that charge there. So uh, I'm sure all five of them will do really well and, and represent Boston college really well. And, and uh, I would imagine that Kayla and, you know, hopefully a couple of others are, are involved in that. When do you as a coach learn about like who actually is and things like, cause obviously you've got a plan for, are you going to have 
be missing one player from your yeah. roster. You're going to be missing three. You're going to be missing five. You, you know, so so, so when do, when do you learn about that, or are you in communication with national team coaching staff? Like, how, how does that work? Yeah, uh, usually it's when they announce the team. Yeah. You know, if if they know a little bit ahead of time, maybe the the player will text or whatnot. But um, a lot of times uh, they can't and they're not allowed to and whatnot. So, uh, it'll be a waiting game and see what happens. And some, you know, who knows in COVID even when the final is going to be and all that sort of thing. So, um, we're waiting, uh, to see what happens. And I, like I said, I think this world championships will be, uh, big for a lot of those players and, and, uh, we're excited to watch. And a good, a good problem to have at the end of the day. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) A bunch of of kids gone (laughs) for that. Um, you know, uh, one last thing, uh, kind of looking forward, uh, at some point, hopefully it's by the time we get to next fall and it can be a much more traditional season at, at some point we will no longer be in this environment and have a season that's like this is there anything that you had to do because of this season or that you learned from this season that you think will stick with you and stick with like what you do or how you coach or anything like that um even after we're through the pandemic um that that you think is going to be a part of how you coach moving forward um i think i don't know if it changed my perspective but i I think not taking anything for granted, right? You know, you you um, go through a year like this where some teams didn't even step on the ice. And and I think that was a big thing that I'll continue to take forward. Um, I hope, you know, I, I, or, you know, hopefully I didn't take anything for granted before, but this, I feel like uh, makes it a little bit more, you know, stand out a little bit more. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of those things that, that, you know, some players didn't get to step on the ice at all this year. And and now, um, you know, hopefully, like you said, next season we'll be back to a little bit more normal uh, or the new normal. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to play kind of a regular season, but not taking those those games for granted, those opportunities that you do get to to put on the jersey and to, um, you know, to play for your school and, and, and for me to coach for, for a school like, uh, Boston college. And, and, you know, you, you really, uh, you really, um, you know, you cherish every moment that you get to be with your, your players and, and, uh, hopefully, you know, like I said, hopefully there'll be more of those moments next year than there was this year. But, uh, but overall, uh, I thought it was a, it was a fun year, but we certainly could, you know, learn some things through this year and, and hopefully, um, it helps us be a better program in the end. Great. Well, Katie, we appreciate your time. We enjoyed watching you and having uh, you as a distraction throughout the course of, of this <laughs> winter as well. A lot of fun and uh, look forward to seeing the Eagles back on the ice. I guess it'll be like October before before we know it at this point. Yeah, right. I know. Seriously, <laughs> I'm sure the summer will fly by. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Katie Crowley with us here on Around the Heights.